Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. People may not always see eye to eye with him, but they will always listen to his opinion. This is The Roy Green Show. Despite all of the commonality between the three of us, we continue to disagree on the question of moving diluted bitumen from Alberta to uh, the port of Vancouver. Well, there's the Premier of British Columbia, John Horgan. And here is the Mayor of Calgary about John Horgan. It's very clear that Mr. Horgan, who I think is one of the worst politicians that we've seen in Canada in decades, That's Nahid Nenshi, thanks to uh, CBC's production stuff, we are able to get that. One of the worst politicians in decades. So the, uh, the firing continues across the Rockies, from Alberta to B.C. and back. How is this all going to uh, play itself out? Well, it's a lot more than just Trans Mountain Pipeline because, as you may have heard, The Eagle Spirit Pipeline is a $16 billion venture, and it's sponsored by 30 indigenous communities and their leaders in northern British Columbia. And again, while most of the talk is about Trans Mountain Pipeline, Eagle Spirit is launching a court case against the federal government's B.C. tanker moratorium legislation. It's also been dubbed the New Northern Gateway. Eagle Spirit has already secured some of its needed financing. Calvin Helene is the president and chairman of Eagle Spirit Energy Holdings, He's a First Nations lawyer and one of Canada's top 40, under 40, and best-selling author. Calvin, thank you very much for taking the time. And, and, and where do you, where does Eagle Spirit fit into this whole um, morass of accusations and counter-accusations about pipelines, no pipelines? Where do you fit, or are, is Eagle Spirit a completely separate niche? Um, I, I think... Uh that uh, we're, we're quite different in, in a lot of ways. We're distinguishable in a variety of different points. First of all, um, what we've looked at doing is creating an energy corridor. The chiefs have, uh, along the route have endorsed the idea of an energy corridor. Um, the uh, a crude oil pipeline will be part of that. The advantage of a corridor is it gives you... Um, basically uh, uh, 30 to 40 percent discount in the uh, capital expense in building pipelines and associated infrastructure. It gives you a smaller environmental footprint. Um, It allows you to use uh, common utilities in the corridor concept. Uh, And going to the north coast of British Columbia gives you the shortest route to the market and the highest price for Canadian resources, both for LNG and for, for crude oil. And um, on the crude oil pipeline side of things, um, we will not be shipping uh, Dilbit. That was one of the um, basic um, requests of the chiefs. Uh, they didn't like the idea of 
of uh, two pipelines and the Deluent pipeline going back. We will be uh, shipping a, a medium uh, to heavy crude oil that's available currently from uh, the Fort McMurray area. Um, and we will be uh, doing this with um, outstanding technology that exists from, um, from established companies uh, in Canada to, um, I understand, be able to produce Canadian oil with a lower carbon footprint than, than other, um, other uh, jurisdictions. And specifically, there's um, an HTPFP mined bitumen process by CNRL. There's a company called RII North America Inc. that uh, does uh, the has the lowest carbon footprint for in situ mining, and a company called Value Creation Incorporated that does partial upgrading and provides the lowest carbon footprint. Uh, in fact, we think we can be leaders in the world in um, in technology and in in carbon reduction. So do you see yourself then not running into the kind of um, objection, the kind of uh, demonstrations, the kind of determination to halt the uh, procedure or the, the completion of uh, Trans Mountain Pipeline? Do you think that Eagle Spirit would not run into that same determined opposition? And uh, do you think that First Nations would not respond to uh, Eagle Spirit the way they are to, or some of them are, to, uh, to Trans Mountain? Well, one of the key issues is that, is if you have the First Nations whose traditional territory you're going through supporting your project, they're the ones who have the um, they're the Aboriginal title and the right to um, consultation and accommodation. And so, if you have them on side, um, you know it shouldn't be a problem. And and that's what we started out doing from from square one. We this is a First Nations-led, will be a First Nations-owned project. Um, however, if you um, if you look at the kind of uh, information that Vivian Krauss has uh, come up with in investigating the um, uh, huge American foundations that are, they're simply trying to shut down any oil coming out of Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, wealthy foreigners are dictating uh, policy uh, natural resource policy in Canada. You know, so, so let me let me ask you this: Can you can you successfully counter that? And uh, there's a story in the Globe and Mail in which a chief counselor of First Nations in uh, British Columbia is quoted as saying, "I think Eagle Spirit is a big joke." Yep, that um, that uh, First Nations uh, counselor is a counselor whose traditional territory we're not going through. Um, the the people who um, who uh, traditional territory are going through have um, have supported the project, and um, there will be and you're you're seeing it right now. There's a lot of um, of pseudo uh, native organizations that are really proxies for environmental groups. The people and, that Vivian Krauss has been talking about. Yeah, there's there's a whole group of them and. Um, they have um, they've clearly decided that um, they're going to stop uh, Canadian energy from reaching international markets. And you know, there's a whole conspiracy idea out there that 
there are American interests that are benefiting uh, handsomely from uh, getting our resources at uh, at discount. Well, you know, I, I spoke yet last week with Frank McKenna, the deputy chair of uh, TD Bank, and Mr. McKenna pointed out that a study by TD Bank showed that the, the that our selling our oil at the discount that we sell it to to the United States has cost our economy over a seven-year period $117 billion. That's one seven-year period just selling our oil at the discount we sell it to to the Americans because we have no other customers. Now, are you confident? First of all, $16 billion is a lot of money. I know you've got you've got companies behind you. I but need a re- revised uh, uh, estimate for the... Um, oil pipeline is uh, twelve billion. Okay, is that that's doable financially? Yep, absolutely. Now you're also going to sue the federal government as, as far as the tanker moratorium is concerned. Yes, one one uh, lawsuit has already been filed by the Lucknow First Nation on the on the BC coast. There was absolutely no um, consultation, um, and the uh, federal government um, uh, just is bowling ahead with this, and in the view of uh, of a lot of the chiefs, and I believe a lot of Canadians in northern parts of BC and Alberta, this is being pushed down the, their throats um, by American environmental NGOs who are dictating policy to Canadians. You know, the idea that uh, there be a moratorium that that um, that that area is special um, because it happens to be the uh, link out to the uh, to the markets for for uh, energy from the oil sands in Alberta mm-hmm. is a very convenient thing um, when uh, you're an environmentalist who wants to stop it. Um, you know, I think what Canadians have to ask themselves is uh, is the rest of Canada chopped liver? Why we can ship oil all over it? up the Great Lakes, uh, drill for oil offshore on the East Coast, uh, ship oil out of Vancouver. Um, and, and, and we have uh, ships coming from Alaska within a, f- a few miles of Haida Gwaii every day. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. And All right. Hold, hold on, Calvin. I have to take a break. We'll come back with more with Calvin Helene, the chairman of uh, Eagle Spirit, and uh, talk some more about the pipeline, $12 billion pipeline, Eagle Spirit Energy Holdings, and how quickly they could be online, and uh, how much of an economic impact this pipeline would make. There have been those who said it's the rebirth of Northern Gateway, not exactly the same, but sufficiently so, that there are people who see a very close proximity between the two. More with Calvin Helene on The Roy Green Show when we come back on the Chorus Radio Network. One of the most respected and experienced broadcasters in the industry. This is The Roy Green Show. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. At The Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com, and listen back to my conversation with Calvin Helene, the chairman of the Eagle Spirit um, Pipeline, the Eagle Spirit Energy Holdings, First Nations lawyer, one of Canada's top 40 under 40, and a best-selling author, as you know. We've talked to uh, 
Calvin about his Dances with Dependencies book. But now we're on to the issue of the Eagle Spirit Pipeline. And uh, Calvin, so let me ask you this. The industry itself, the uh, the oil industry, the petroleum industry, the uh, the mining industry, and the Alberta government, you're going to need to have them both on side, or it would help if you do. Uh, what are you hearing from from the two as far as the pipeline is concerned? We're uh, hearing uh, uh, very supportive um, comments and um, I think action soon coming. Um, see, we, we um, view what we're doing as a nation-building project and uh, they're like, a, to me, um, it it bothers me since I've been traveling a bit in uh, Alberta and in Saskatchewan to see the division uh, being uh, put between the um, between our three provinces that were always um, good friends and and shared lots of um, uh, synergies as far as economics and so on goes and uh, to have this brought about by a campaign of American environmental groups is outrageous. And um, I think that it's it's time to um, to um, recognize what we're doing. And you compared what we're doing to um, Northern Gateway, or somebody's compared it to Northern Gateway. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not Northern Gateway at all. This is a First Nations-led and owned project it, from its very inception. The environmental model for this is a model that exceeds everything else in Canada now. The model for shipping oil off the coast hugely exceeds the um, the uh, Oceans Protection Plan that's been put forward by the federal government. Um, this is a project where um, First Nations have taken the lead in protecting the environment, and they will be the ongoing environmental stewards of this. It will allow Canadian companies to receive uh, international uh, uh, market prices for their LNG and for their oil, and uh, it will be done in the the uh, most environmentally responsible manner uh, in the world. Period. How much and, of an how much of an impact will it make economically on this country? Because we are losing a tremendous tremendous amount of money that could be flowing into Canada and paying for our, we said this many times, for our social programs, for our infrastructure, for the things that we need to pay. It's, it's there. It's ready to be, uh, to be sold. Our, our natural resources are ready to be sold. Why wouldn't we do that? Other countries certainly would. We're the one that doesn't or is trying not to while we're importing 700,000 barrels a day into eastern Canada. What's the point of that? Um, but uh, how much money would it, how much of an economic benefit uh, two questions here. How much of an ec- economic benefit is Eagle Spirit, and could Eagle Spirit can uh, exist comfortably with Trans Mountain Pipeline extension? Yeah, the first uh, first question is I, I don't have a number on that, but um, that would solve the hundred and seventeen billion dollar loss that uh, that um, you referred to Frank McKenna talking about the T- TD report. Right. Um, secondly, um, we are. We don't um, uh, regard ourselves in competition with uh, the Trans Mountain. Um, you know that's a separate project. The um, the um, limitations of that project are they only can get smaller uh, tankers 
uh, through into their terminus in um, in Burnaby, and so likely most of that oil will go to uh, the American market. So it doesn't solve the singular greatest problem we have of all of our oil going to uh, America at discounts. And when we find out that that China has just signed uh, huge deals with Brazil for their oil, this is money that could be coming into this country, should be coming into this country. Now, if I recall correctly, you told me last time we spoke that Eagle Spirit could be up and operational within a matter of two years? Uh, Not up and operational, but through the... um through the uh, NEB process, okay, it will probably take four to five years. But um, the way I look at this is kind of like um, the building of the railroads across Canada. Um, this is a really critical piece of infrastructure, and you know, you talked about financing. We had a foreign-owned, uh, a, a big foreign-owned conglomerate that wanted to finance us. But um, after looking at some of their, what their demands might be, and the fact that Canadians should own Canadian critical infrastructure, um, we didn't pursue it further, even though we could have got our financing there. This is something that is uh, critical to the um, well-being of Canada as a nation. I think it's critical to um, healing the division between some of the Western provinces in a way that uh, meets everybody's interests from an environmental, from an industry, and from a a government point of view. Okay. So now it's a question of getting uh, getting it going, and and the lawsuit continues, or at least has been filed, against the federal government's tanker ban. And uh, you can find out a lot more by just uh, going online and searching the uh, Eagle Spirit pipeline, uh, Eagle Spirit Energy Holdings, and Calvin Helene is the president and chairman. Calvin, thank you very much for the time, and uh, I would not bet against you ever. <laughs> thank you very much, Roy. Okay. Take good care. There's Calvin Helene on the Roy Green Show. Now, when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Candace Bergen, the Conservative Party House Leader. And we're going to be speaking with Mr. Bergen about what happened in Parliament yesterday when the issue of an ISIS killer, self-admitted ISIS killer, came up. And this ISIS killer, who says he's living comfortably in Toronto, nobody's hassling him, nobody's bothering him, spoke with podcasters for the New York Times, gave them an interview. And when Ms. Bergen brought it up with Ralph Goodhill, the federal public safety minister, he just tap-danced all afternoon. And the Prime Minister says bringing it up is divisive. Candace Bergen, when we come back.